Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 166 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast premiere video game podcast tonight. Decent amount of news. Sony buys another studio. Uh, it's like Ocean's Eleven, but with Xbox gift cards. Ghost of Tsushima director's cut. I thought we already had that. Apparently not. Let's find out later in the show. So about that Switch Pro, dot, dot, dot. What's next for Assassin's Creed? Question mark. And coming to Game Pass and PlayStation Now, the answers lie within. Guiding you to these answers and providing the answers are Richard Bergman, myself, along with Brent McKee. Bringing you the news whether you wanted it or not. We didn't want it. And Cesar Concepcion the second. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Cannon Cesar, Cesar, we wanted the news from you. We didn't get it. It would have been a short show. It would have been great. <laughs> What would we have discussed? What would be on your list? <laughs> uh, we kind of 64 points um, about multi-monitor use, uh, whether or not we actually have four people watching us. Wow. The good stuff. Four plus one. Yep. Do you still have three plus one? I have three plus one and Twitch. Strange. And then um, just one. Uh, on Brant, thank two. you as always for building the news. No problem. Always a joke. If anyone gets confused, Brent builds the news for us every week. He does a great job. He sifts through thousands of potential video game stories. <laughs> Sometimes, some weeks, it's like maybe five video game stories. Yeah. And provides the top tier news stories for us to discuss as a podcast. Let's jump into the first one. Sony buys another studio. We discussed, I actually butchered this story last week. But Sony has bought another studio, and it's Blue Point. I got this one right, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, Blue Point. Yeah. Or is it Blue Box? <laughs> yeah. The Kojima, the Kojima Studio. <laughs> All right, it's not Blue Point. It is Nix's. This is according to Gamatsu. Sony Inter- Interactive Entertainment has acquired Utrecht, Netherlands-based studio Nix's Software, the company announced. Nix's, I keep wanting to say Nexus. Nix's software will join the PlayStation Studios Technology, Creative, and Services Group to provide high-quality in-house technical and development capabilities for PlayStation Studios. What did they work on? They were mostly a subsidiary of Square Enix, it seems like. I think they were commission. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what did they work on? Fashion. <laughs> what did they work on? Equal pay. Probably not. Uh, they worked with Square Enix most, most recently uh, on the Marvel's Avengers game, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, and Regular Ass 2013 Tomb Raider. One of my favorite games of all time. I thought they worked on that uh, Resistance game for Vita that was so bad, but I think I got them confused with somebody else. It was another studio in there. Uh, oof. The Resistance game? Yeah. Remember that one for Vita, Burning Skies, or some shit like that? Who, who's the, uh, yeah. Nihilistic. Nihilistic, yeah, that's who nihilistic. it is. Yeah. It was the other end studio. Oh, wait, wait, do I have to go grab my copy? You guys have yours. Do I have to go get mine? Yeah, we'll wait. Go ahead. That game was garbage. We all bought a copy. It was trash. Oh, I man. Bought, I, bought it, I, I bought it on uh, release, so. Same. That Resistance uh, AI was... Um, the Vita version was subpar on the AI. They just kind of stood there. Needless to say, right? Yeah. Nihilist to say. Nihilistic to go. say. That's your episode. 
nihilistic to say. Yeah. All right. uh, Who wants to take this next one? Go read this feature on an engineer who turned free Xbox gift cards into millions in Bitcoin from The Verge. So this story revolves around a Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian employee of Microsoft uh, who occluded... Let's see. He he found story. he he found this Robert. loophole in the Microsoft uh, payment testing apparatus, and uh, so what he would do this is, is his would, office space. His office space. Yeah, <laughs> missing pennies. <laughs> is rounding up. Shaving all pennies. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody will notice. Nobody will notice. So I mean, his job was to look for flaws. Um, so <laughs> TPS reports. <laughs> so the biggest thing Bolton. was he, uh, <laughs> Michael Bolton. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too much office space going on. Brands oh never gosh. gonna make it. <laughs> Brands never gonna get through the bit. <laughs> That's my stapler. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, someone, someone moves that one more time. Okay. They move my yeah. desk. <laughs> I gotta burn the place down. What, what was that place called? Was it called Shenanigans? Was it? <laughs> I can't remember the name of the restaurant. The name of the restaurant? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it was Shenanigans. It's something, something like that. With the, the what was it? Please is a flare. You don't have enough flare. Yeah. You don't have enough flare. So I had never. I'm derailing this totally. Sorry, Brand. You're good. You're good. When I when I first started working at EB. Uh, do you remember Thomas? Uh, he was the assistant manager when I was hired. He ended up at Lovejoy at one point. But he had the he had this headpiece, and I still have it. He calls it the headdress, and it's like four of those lanyards. It's like Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, and Halo Two, and all kinds of shit. And he has all the pins and buttons and everything they would send us attached to this headdress. And he called it the pieces of flair. And he would say that, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's when we sold DVDs, and he he had a DVD brought in for me for for office space, and I had to, I purchased it, and took it home. <laughs> Oh my God! You were the pieces of flair, and I I ended up with this headdress when he left. I still have it. <laughs> all these pieces of flair, pieces of flair like, with like Monster Hunter pins and all kinds of stuff on it. It's crazy. Oh man, like Monster Hunter PS2 pins or Monster Hunter PSP pins? I'm sorry, Brian. Uh, this would be PS2 at this point. Yep. With the it's Sony Online cool. logo, broadband yep. only. Way back, because we worked together. Oh four, oh five, oh six, I think it was. So it's it's way back there. Just want to let you know we're officially dead on YouTube. I don't know why. What happened? It just says uh, error occurred. Please try again later and not okay. refresh the page. And... It says we're online on this side. <laughs> and we're up on Twitch. Refresh your page and see what we get. Uh, same error. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube and you can't see this, please switch to Twitch. You'll find <laughs> us on Twitch. That's not good. Do I turn it off and turn it back on again? Sure. As I don't know. What's your IP address? Is. Uh, I'm not uh, playing Avengers. You'll never be able to tell. My playback ID is I R. No, I'm <laughs> All right. Please restart your broadcast to apply the changes. Okay. So it didn't do anything like quick and turning it on and off. And we're not restarting this recording no, for. Yeah, we're YouTube. good. Let's, I close YouTube. We're done. <laughs> keep trucking. Keep trucking, baby. Okay. So. All right, Brant. Back to the heist. Back yeah. to the heist store. Ocho Cinco. Finish it up, man. So he would sit there and and order things uh, trying to find loopholes. And what he found was 
they wouldn't send him things like um, laptops or anything like that, but gift cards, the Xbox gift cards were another story. And so he continuously bought these and then would sell them for cryptocurrency. Um, so he got them in uh, increments from 10 to 100. Um, he had stolen more than 152,000 gift cards Ooh. worth and <laughs> worth 10.1 million dollars. And he was uh, living on, let's see, he uh, bought a seven-figure lakefront home. Um, As one does. With plans to buy a, 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 a ski chalet, a, a yacht, a seaplane. Uh, but now he uh, was, he was, of course, caught, uh, and he was sentenced to nine years in prison. Uh, is it worth the? Is it worth the gamble? Nine years is not that long. Is it worth the gamble? Go to prison, then nine years is an eternity. Yeah, yeah but if you got off with it, you could have had all the lakefront property and everything else. It's like, you te- it's like you telling me like us going from like first grade to twelfth grade is not an eternity. That was a freaking eternity. <laughs> <laughs> and his his only real defense was that gift cards basically aren't real money. But we all know that's, I mean, it technically you paid money for it. It's got that value tied to it. So that's pretty, a pretty weak defense. But the fact that he was able to get that far with it and, and got over 10 million. It's, it's pretty insane. I love in G- it. In, in GTA five, uh, online, but you got, you got them shark cards. Yeah, that's it. It's a true high story. <laughs> All right, live update on uh, Resistance fall, Burning burning Skies for PlayStation Vita. You almost said Burning guys, Man Ninja. Nope, I see you guys. I want to say Falling Skies, though, the alien thing. <laughs> I see you guys' copies, and I raise you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have two? <laughs> it's multiplayer, man. One of them's an empty case. I have no clue why. I only, only have one copy. Legit copy. <laughs> the, other, the other copies in your Vita. It stays in there because you love the game that much. I have a dedicated resistance. You put some some super glue on the back of the cart and stuck it in there. You're like, I love this game so much. It's never leaving this thing. Somebody's tapping that hinge like it's never coming out. I guess I'll play more resistance. Fine. Oh, man, that's good stuff. All right. Ghost of Tsushima. We already got a PlayStation 5 update, which cut down on load times and... Did it do anything else? No, it's just the game boosted mode, which I think was like 60 frames per second. Um, right, like a PlayStation shorter, like a PlayStation time. Four Pro Pro Plus version, right? Uh, yeah. Whatever their whatever their equivalent of the smart delivery was that Xbox does, that's what they call it game boost. But that's not right. every not everybody takes advantage of it though. So we are officially getting uh, was leaked by. We saw it on the store somewhere. Didn't somebody have it available for pre-order? Like uh, it was rated, rated in like Korea or something like that. That's it. Yeah. So they came oh, out with no, a blog it was post. ESRB rated, wasn't it? I yeah. Think it was ESRB rated. Yeah. Uh, they came out with a blog post. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima director's cut for PS5 and PS4 will launch August 20th. It's going to cost 70 on PS5 and 60 on PS4. 
All right. <clears throat> Here's where it gets dicey. Bear with yes, me. Yes, path to victory. Let's go. Dicey path to this victory. This is the path to victory. It's more like, it's less like Napoleon and more like uh, D-Day. So here we go. The <laughs> users who purchase the PlayStation 4 version will be able to upgrade to the PS5 version for $9.99. And users who already own Ghost of Tsushima for PS4 will be able to upgrade to the PS4 version of the Director's Cut for $19.99 or the PlayStation 5 version for $29.99. That is quite the uh, path to victory there. Uh, there's a weird way to transfer your progress. So you need to, if you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation 4, you'll be able to transfer your save to PS5 to pick up where you left off. For new players, the new Iki Island content will be available beginning in Act 2 of Ghost of Tsushima after you've made your way to the Toyotama region. This is Brand, this is what I live for. I got the platinum already for the PS4 one. Now I'm going to sit there for five minutes as every trophy <laughs> unlocks as so I move my save over. That's what happened when I did Final Fantasy VII. I was like, ding, ding, ding. I was like, oh, my yep. God. That's all you have to do? I had to wait. Just sit there and just let it load. All right. It comes with other stuff. What else does it come with? It's like extra maps or something, isn't it? Uh, transferring your progress. PS5 exclusives. While Director's Cut... Players on both PS4 and PS5 will be able to experience the new Iki Island content. PlayStation 5 players will have access to a, a few additional new features. We've heard your feedback about the lap of, lack of Japanese lip sync in the original version of Ghost of Tsushima, and it's something we worked hard to address in this new release. Thanks to the PS5's ability to render cinematics in real time, cutscenes in Ghost of Tsushima and on Iki Island on PS5 will offer lip sync for Japanese voiceover. We're also happy to confirm that Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, and the new Iki Island expansion will all take advantage of haptic feedback and adaptive triggers in the director's cut. There will also be enhancements to 3D audio on PlayStation 5, as well as drastically improved load times, 4K resolution options, and frame rates targeting 60 frames per second. So that for sure seems to be the way to go with this one. If you have a PlayStation 5, still uh, not a huge amount of people. What, what, what do we got left? What, what we got left? God of War, Last of Us Part Two. What's left? Yeah, and God of War's in the. It's in that PlayStation Five Instant Collection. So. Mm -hmm. And his game how, boosted as well. So. How would that work? Would they just throw the update in there at this point? I don't. I don't know. Maybe pay the ten dollar uh, entrance fee to get all the have the feedback. I guess it depends how much work they put on there because clearly the Ghost of Tsushima they put in a lot more work. Because I mean that's. They right. say director's cut, but it's an expansion in there. You get a whole new area, so. So they made a, they made a badass PS4 game, right? Then they made a awesome PlayStation 5 boosted game, which everyone seemed to enjoy the the additions to that. And now we have this director's cut, which pl uh, players on PS4 and PS5 get to enjoy. So that's win-win. But the path to victory is confusing. But once you pick your path, it's pretty clear, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like All the right. I skipped ah. over the Iki Island stuff. If you're a history buff, you may know that in addition to Tsushima, the neighboring island of Iki was also invaded during this time period. Today, we're excited to reveal that a whole new chapter in, in Jin's journey is coming and will take place on Iki. In this new story, Jin travels to the island to investigate rumors of a Mongol presence. But soon, he finds himself caught up in events with deeply personal stakes that will force him to relive some traumatic moments from his past. And there's new animals to pet that they note in this PlayStation blog. Monkeys. <laughs> All right. Ghost of Tsushima. Director's Cut coming this way. What, the, what was the date? August something. Uh, wait for it. Wait, August 20th. 
All right, August 20th. Two months after that, August 8th, we get the new Nintendo Switch model. Who uh, wants to pull us in on that? October 8th, sir. October 8th, what I say? So it's a day of dress. September 8th. August. It's a month later. Two months later. Two, Two months, months later. later. Yeah. Or he, did he say August again? On October 8th. I don't know. October. October. The date is October. Oh. So. Is this the Switch Pro brand? Am I pre-ordering oh a gosh. Switch Pro for October 8th? So Nintendo just kind of out of nowhere shadow dropped this on us uh, two days ago now? A day yep. ago? A day? Yes. Um, Yesterday. You said day. You said day. You said day. You said day. It might have been today. <laughs> Daylight comes. Emmy Brand, it's October. Brand, October. <laughs> so, um, they... The trailer is actually interesting. It's, uh, you know, it shows the everybody playing uh, this new variant of Nintendo Switch. It's... They show this white Joy-Cons, this white dock. They show them, of course, playing all these new upcoming games like Metroid Dread, uh, the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes, uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Um, and they kind of, you know, have the little features come up as uh, as far as those go. They've upgraded the screen to a 7-inch uh, OLED display. Um, you've got... Uh, Let's see the built-in land port uh, in the dock now. Land parties. So you <laughs> uh, you can yes have land parties, <laughs> and you no longer have to buy that as a separate piece for your switch. Um, they did upgrade the internal um, internal storage from 32 to 64 gigabytes. Uh, the tabletop mode uh, users will be pleasantly. Uh, surprised to find that they've completely redesigned uh, the kickstand, which has been needed f- from day one for the Switch. Uh, right, the, quick, quick poll here. Does anybody play tabletop? Every now and then. I, I mean, it actually not for like, obviously, year and a half now. Um, yeah, I think I'm three years deep. I played Metal Slug 3, the Arcade Archives one, and I played NBA Playgrounds, the first one, and I've never done... That was on someone else's Switch? I've never personally done tabletop. Have you, Cesar? Tabletop tennis. <laughs> I'll take that as a no. Every time I've played Twitch with Cesar, we've been on the TV. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've, they've redesigned, uh, and I've heard several people refer to this new kickstand as... Um, surface like for the the Microsoft Surface oh, yeah. tablets. It's that, one, uh, that thing has a good hinge on it. Yeah, it's it's a solid piece that goes all along that bottom side, and it has multiple angles that you but, can adjust. And we lose a USB port too. So yeah, I was about to say they did take that USB port out for that LAN adapter. Oh hell. Um, and they. Didn't really say how, but they they do say that for tabletop it does have it, uh, enhanced audio. I thought the audio was decent uh, as far as handheld went for the Wait, Switch. Speakers or something in it, but right? I like yeah, facing. I'm guessing that pseudo yeah, Dolby Digital. They've done something with the speakers. Maybe Dolby Stereo. True so, Dolby Stereo audio. Um. They, it's going to have two different variants. The, uh, the, of course, the white version that I was talking about with the white Joy-Cons, 
and then a black version with the uh, the neon blue and red that we're used to. Um, they've kind of changed the way that the uh, the retail box look uh, looks now. It's not horizontal; it's more of a vertical. Yeah. This new model will be 350. Uh, now let's talk about the fact that <laughs> they really, aside from that, they haven't changed anything. It's the same chipset. It's the same internal uh, CPU, uh, RAM. Um, no 4K uh, upscaling, nothing like that. No, the, it seems like a lot of people were were kind of uh, disappointed and also being like, yeah, you know, this is Nintendo. This is kind of what they do. Right. So um, they've never done a mid tier, you know, a mid cycle refresh on the scale of like a, an Xbox One X or a PS4 Pro. Uh, they- see, I would argue the fact that when they brought out the new Nintendo 3DS. Right. That that was actually somewhat decent upgrade. Because it was, but with, you only got like three advantages out of it. It wasn't like a platform. It wasn't a platform thing that the titles were separated by. So just about every other PS4 game had like a base mode, and then it had a, a pro version. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even with even with that new Nintendo 3DS, there were some games that performed better. There's some games that can only run on that Nintendo 3DS, the new Nintendo 3DS. I think that's what I would argue. That was that was such a small percentage. It was like mm-hmm. Xenoblade, basically Fire Emblem. Yeah. It was the old school like Super Nintendo games. Which how could that yeah. not run on the? And then there was one other title that was a new 3DS exclusive. Uh, Hyrule Warriors. Hyrule Warriors. They it ran best. Is that what I, is that what um, I meant by Fire Emblem Warriors? 3D or something. Yeah, I think you only get yeah. 3D on there. Yeah. So it's not, it wasn't a substantial part of the library. You weren't missing out on, like, Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon, or it didn't get a boost or anything like that. And that's the thing, is you weren't missing out, but it did add performance to the the overall system. Because Hyrule Warriors... For three titles, though. But, I mean, right now we've only got, there's, uh, well, there's several titles on uh, on the Switch right now that, I mean, Doom... Uh, runs pretty pretty <laughs> choppy. Um, I know the version I played to beat. <laughs> Age of Calamity uh, will dip down pretty low sometimes when the screen gets pretty intense. I heard that one gets uh, rough. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll dip into single digits as far as frame rate sometimes. Ooh. Yeah, it gets it gets really choppy um, if you get too much going on. And there's, I mean, there's. That that's why a lot of these games that we're seeing go to um, cloud cloud game, you know, as yeah. far as so that it's not running on native hardware. Yeah. Control, Plague's Tale, uh, didn't. What else came that was? Didn't uh, Japan get like Assassin's Creed and Resident Evil? Yeah, uh, you that's forgot one, Richard. Game. I guess the most important one would be uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. Would be Minecraft. Only runs on new th- on Nintendo 3DS. Of course, who could forget? It's uh, the one all the young kids want, man. Still top seller to this uh, say. day. That yeah. Xbox Game Studio title for that new one 3DS. game. That new, one game would move 3DS systems. That's true. I'm sure. And <laughs> believe it or not, it's actually hard to find now. It's uh, up to almost sixty dollars new. So 
Really? That yeah. Minecraft? Mm-hmm. They didn't that keep publishing it? Uh, I guess not. Wow. It's a, yeah, it says on there, only for new Nintendo 3DS. I still have uh, zero minutes logged in a Minecraft title. <laughs> so, I yeah, do. I mean, a lot of people are just kind of... I saw some people, like, really upset. I've seen some people just like, eh, yeah, it's not as exciting. I'm still going to get it. But uh, I know for myself, I don't know about you gentlemen, I'm probably going to pass on on this. Uh, I would yeah. assume Cesar is probably going to get it. I believe um, it or not, I thought I thought about this, and um, I talked with a coworker at work today, and he felt the same way as me. I, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, I, whenever I talk to you guys, how often do I talk about playing my Switch Portable? Never. Yeah. So, I mean, what would be the whole point? I mean, I would stay dock. So I might as well just use what I got docked. There's no hardware enhancements. So, but then again, I'm me. So it, it depends. I'm not going to sit there and pre-order, but if I happen to come across it and I'm like, eh, fuck it, I might do it. But, you know. Somebody That's, beat me to the punch. They said, yeah. uh, switch on an OLED. And they took a picture of their <laughs> LG CX OLED. And I was like, damn it, I could have done that. <laughs> but but also to add to what Brand said, so, you know, some some people were, some studios were leaking online. Um a survey they took from uh, Nintendo sent the survey to third-party developers asking what they felt if they came out with a Switch Pro. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were honest with them and begged them not to do it. They said, please don't do it. Don't divide the market. Wow. Um, and this was before they did this announcement. They were like, please don't do this. Yeah. This is a huge mistake. You're going to go into obscurity like the new 3DS with a lot of features that are never going to get used. Uh, and then you had the comments from uh, Doug Bowser who talked about, you know, they're always looking at new hardware that the new hardware they might be might be the next iteration um there's a lot of new stuff coming out with the uh, soc on these chipsets um including double the ram double a lot of the a lot of stuff that made the way it made it sound like was that they might skip the whole pro thing and just go to a next gen switch so like a fully backwards compatible and using the same tegra mm-hmm. type stuff because that, that would be like, awesome seems like when i think uh that the people who, who are doing Baldur's gate three leaked out that survey and they basically told them, say, hey, we were, we told them, like, hey, just do new hardware. Please don't do this half step. They felt wow. it's going to affect their sales. They begged them, don't do it. Wow. So, but Nintendo did send something out to us. They did it to those developers, asked what they thought about it. And they said a lot of the feedback they were hearing was that they didn't want that pro half step. So, this Verge article notes that uh, Switch lifetime sales are at 84.59 million since it launched in 2017. So they're not really needing to do, you know, it's not that mid-cycle refresh that Xbox and PlayStation kind of got forced into, it feels like, that looking back, maybe I didn't need to upgrade, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it was the best place to play those at the time, but it was it mandatory, you know? I still know plenty of people with those standard PS4s. They don't have the Slims or a Pro or anything. They're just rocking that same Angular launch PS4. And Xbox One. I know plenty of people with the VCR Xbox One still playing Call of Duty every night and and uh, Apex and everything else that, that comes out that they want to play. So it's not uh, yeah. necessary. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's a, that's a very big indie machine. So there's nothing on there pushing uh, where they need a hardware upgrade yet. I mean, that too. That, once we get to that part where game engines require it. That too. Then it might be time for them to do something. But by then they... I mean, if they're going to invest in that type of technology and use that same architecture, it'd be best to wait anyways. It's still new. 
And I would argue that you're not playing your, except for me playing Doom, you're not going to play your top tier graphical showcase games on Switch, right? Unless that's your primary platform, I guess, which is why those games are there. But Nintendo's going to tailor their titles to that. Like Skyward Sword comes out, was it next week or the week after? That's going to look amazing Mm -hmm. on whichever Switch you have without an OLED before this even comes out. That game is going to look phenomenal and it's going to play phenomenal. Just like Bowser's Fury. We just had Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, and it looks and plays fantastically on that on that platform. My argument would be the real game changers, if you want to use that same thing, is go cloud-based and then integrate some 5G in there. So. That would be, this is, so I would argue, I don't know, because they didn't upgrade the internals. The OLED is still like the handheld you know, push. So that Cesar, that would have lent towards the handheld push, in my opinion. Yeah. That would have been the that would have been the saying, obvious yeah. answer. I'm just saying. I mean, if you're out in the, if you're going to promote where people are standing 50-50 on that console, where they lease them at home and then lease them on on the go, right? And you want to get the best looking games that you, even then you get a, a another hardware one. It's probably not going to look as good as a Series X or a five. So let's be honest. But um, hey, pop in 5G. That way, people can play those type of games on the go, man. Then you'll yeah, you'll OLED. still you'll still have people groaning just like. Do you remember the Vita? The announcement of the Vita, and they announced that uh, partnering with AT and T with 3G capability. ASNS. Yeah. And people just during the I remember the that was the only part of the presentation people like audibly groaned. When they were talking about that, you, and you got to remember, we're in a different cell phone market. All that stuff was locked behind seller uh, providers. We ha- yeah. we have unlocked phones now. That wasn't yeah. that was unheard of before. So I mean, we're in a whole completely different market now when it comes to cell phones. So what year did the Vita come out? Twenty twelve. Yeah. You're talking almost ten years ago. You've had that whole infrastructure change and everything. Because wasn't that Vita? Wasn't it like a Wi-Fi slash three G? It wasn't even yeah. a four G one. Yeah. Did we get that one, Cesar? When we when we it's jumped the one on, I got I got the three G one. Yeah. What I have, yeah, I, I think I got that one too. Because I think the Wi Fi one was like twenty dollars cheaper or something. Like that. Yeah, I think I got the one. I think I just went ahead and just got the three G one just in case. Does it still work? Mm-hmm. Can you put a SIM card in that bad boy? Uh, there's no modern SIM card that'll fit in there. <laughs> I think they discontinued the SIM cards that were in there. So because they you know they just uh, they discontinue those for security risks. So. Yeah, as the technology grows up, so right, those are hackable and moddable and everything else. All right, so that's your new Nintendo Switch, which is just called uh, Nintendo Switch OLED model. It's kind of a garbage name. <laughs> uh, oh, do you they, have those uh, Nintendo Switch OLED models in stock? They actually did announce um, if you did just like the dock uh, that you can buy the dock. Uh, either just the white one or the black model from the Nintendo website once they are available. Did they say how much those are going to be? They haven't said yet, but they did say... Yeah, I I would imagine it's the... The ones that they sell right now are like, what, 60 or 70 or something like that? I think they were originally $100. They might have dropped the price, but originally they were $100 because everybody was bitching about, like, why would I spend $100 on the dock? So. And they do not come with any kind of HDMI cable, no power cable, nothing. So, But this switch will work in any dock that you've got right now. 
for your Switch. And vice versa. If you get a brand new dock, your old Switch will work in that. Which I could see the the Smash Fanatics, I can see them getting the new dock for the LAN capability. Yeah. Maybe instead of getting the adapter. I've got that third-party dock somewhere, but I've got two official docks, so I don't know. This isn't for me. Uh, Daniel Ahmad on Twitter was pointing out that it's an upgrade path, a path to victory, uh, if you will, Cesar, for the Switch Lite people, someone someone who does want that console-type experience for that. You know, they got the Switch Lite, they got that ecosystem, 200 bucks. Now they can get the full one and jump from there. But uh, for the three of us who've been there since day one, yeah, I'm kind of scratching my head on this one, too. Cesar, didn't you buy a Switch Lite to have one just to kind of take back and forth rather than take I, the one out of the dock all the I time? I have the Switch Lite just for when I leave home, and then I have one in the dock. So that's just... That one's nice. The Switch Lite is pretty cool. I, that's honestly, why I have That's why it's after this, for me, because... After this announcement, looking at 200 for the Switch Lite or 350 for the OLED one, that Switch Lite looks pretty damn good in my opinion yeah. for 200 bucks I'm sh- with the I'm built-in sure. controller and the and the actual D-pad. I'm sure those OLED screens will look great. I'll give you that much, but I don't know if it's enough to deter me to do a day one purchase. I'm not gonna rule out the whole point that I may purchase one. But I just don't know if I'll day one it. So. Yeah, both of you already have OLED TVs. I mean, right? Uh, I think you'd lose a little bit on the, like, <laughs> I tried so hard. Looking at the Vitas, I had some game pulled up on the OLED Vita and the LED one after that. Or it was an LCD. And LCD, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the two, and it was it was tough, man. It was tough to tell, like, I don't think it was worth the, it's not 350 in this case, but I don't think it was worth, you know, if you had two Vitas sitting next to you and it was a, it was a 50 or or $100 difference, I wouldn't say, hey, let's go with the OLED one. That that refresh of the Vita they did, that screen looked really damn good too. So I don't, I don't know how well that shrinks down in that screen. Time will tell. I mean, Digital Foundry and The Verge and everybody else will get out there with their, their reviews and comparison shots and all that. So we'll be able to see some of these and see, see how drastic it is. And the last thing I'll add on there is uh, everybody's favorite uh, Xbox kissing analyst, uh, Jeff Grubb said that lined up with what he said anyways. So, uh, where they were going to do this OLED one this year, and then this, whatever their pro version, he put in quotations, their pro version will be next year. That's what he was hearing to begin with. I think he tweeted that early June or something like that, and he just went back and retweeted. He's like, that's what I always heard. And this <laughs> Hopefully it's that Tegra you were talking about, that Tegra upgrade. Yeah, that is a substantial upgrade. That's, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying it'll be next year. So that's what he had heard. It was outside of whatever Bloomberg was report, reporting, so. It's the same Joy-Cons like Brant mentioned. It's the same technology. So if the the drift has occurred to you, it still could occur on these, that, on I, the I, ones I, that come with this one. Twitter, that's what most people were complaining about. They were like, what about the Joy-Cons? That was yeah. what most people were concerned about. Because like, even with Renee, Renee uh, he's on his fourth set of Joy-Cons. They just keep drifting on him. What is he doing to it? I haven't had them happen to me, but that's not cool. Yeah, uh, I don't know. He's, he's almost done with that whole Switch thing. He's... He's had it with it. He said he's tired of just. I mean, he bought a warranty to switch them out all the time. And my coworker at work, uh, he sent his in because it was drifting. Got it back, and it's drifting again. And he's fed up with it. And he's been buying Nintendo all his life. And he's like, no. I was like, I just wanted to work. He, he's like, yeah. I'm not buying. He's like, they want me to buy another controller. I'm not going to do it. 
because he's like, I think it fell out the warranty or something like that, and they were giving him hell about have y'all had fix again. Have y'all so, had Joy-Con drift on anything? Not I've, I've fixed a few. Um, ah. I've I've had my Switch. Um, gosh. Uh, nearly day one, right? It was a few months afterward after it launched. Right. Um, didn't you help me find that one? I think I think you did help me find the one I got. Cool. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember this, um, but cool. But I I got it and. I haven't had a problem out of any of I, I will take that back. I've had a problem, but it's not out of the joy cons, the little led light, uh, the indicator light on the side of one of my joy cons. And it's mm-hmm. not even the joy cons that came with my system. It's a joy cons. I bought separately. Other ones you bought. Yeah. It's one of the indicator lights is out for some reason. But other than that, I've never had drift problems. Um, I bought my son, um, a switch light and probably four or five months after he had it, he started having drift with one, Ah. one of the, but it was, it was actually a pretty, pretty easy fix for that one. And he hasn't had a problem since. What'd you have to do to it? Just in case anybody is on the switch lights. What you can do is completely power it down and just get a Q-tip and soak it in, um, rubbing alcohol for a second and you lift up that little skirt that's on the bottom of the uh uh stick and you just kind of okay put that q-tip in there and just you know it, it gets some of that uh isopropyl alcohol in there yeah uh and you and that's enough yeah and you work the stick around for a little bit and you can turn it back on and sometimes it's just a piece of dust or, you know, tiny piece of particulate or something gets down in there and screws yeah. it up. And that's, I guess, all that happened to his, because otherwise you've got to take it apart and replace the stick. Ugh. And I'm, yeah. I've done it. I've done it on individual Joy-Cons, but I have yeah. not. I don't want to do it on it on the light. I had to do it so. on my Pro controller. I had to open Dang. it up, clean it out. It's just on the pro controller? Yeah, it's something with, if you let dust and dirt get in there, because I left it out in, in a corner or something like that, and I forgot about it, and I got back until it was caked with dust. Ooh. And I tried to play something. Wow. Dust got in there. Something with the analog uh, where it sits on there, it, it screws up that sensor in there. And the, it's the same one as the Joy-Cons, right? That same mm-hmm. stick? So I need to remember that, because yeah. I have two yeah. I have two pro controllers that I'm using so currently. I ended up uh, buying like a, an actual official controller case and throw my pro controllers in there. Uh, like a hard case, just keep dust out of them. So, I haven't had issues since then. So, might do the same. Do the same thing with my Joy Cons. I just throw them in like a case to just keep dust out of. It. I think that's all it is: is dust and dirt gets in there, and jacks it up. They're sensitive. They're like they're like Mr. Glass. They just break easily. They're like <laughs> and some see, NBA I've football player. I've I've thrown those dang Joy Cons in. Uh, I've been you know I'll wear some cargo pants. Throw throw, throw the. Uh, switch in in one side of the pocket and joy cons in the other pocket and they're just rattling around in there and oh. take them out play put them back and run around and i've never had a problem never you need jeans with longer pockets that way you don't yeah. have to separate the two break out the uh the old jean codes if i the hadn't G-Cos. got rid of them <laughs> used to have some you had some brand i had some jean codes i was a jean person <laughs> those weird ass 
I'd pay money not, to see this. I'd not sure. Uh, I can find you a picture after the podcast. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you're here for. This is the content you crave. <laughs> all right. That's all for the new Nintendo Switch OLED model. <laughs> Parentheses OLED model. This is our new po- podcast. Parentheses OLED model. Uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity, not to be confused with Halo Infinite. Who wants to tell us about the new direction of Assassin's Creed games from Ubisoft? First revealed by Jason Trier, later confirmed via a blog post, and then reported on by The Verge. I didn't read it, so I'm just going to read off here and tell you. So. <laughs> Because uh, I think I got the gist of it and I lost interest and I didn't pay attention to whatever I was talking about. So uh, apparently they're uh, blah, blah, blah. They're looking at combining uh, two studios are working together on the next Assassin's Creed games, Montreal and Quebec City. Uh, it's supposed to be a live game uh, where it undergoes changes, I guess, similar to like Destiny. Um, I think they said they were going to swap out maybe... They're still trying to figure it out. They said there, were, there could be smaller games in there. I think they had on there yeah. uh, swapping out in between. They do, said uh, Fortnite or GTA Online, yeah. sir. Involving like yeah. Destiny. Well, they said they said the online game. It's the same thing. It's a live <laughs> service. So they just uh, want it to be compared to Fortnite. But uh, whatever. Um, and they call the code name is Infinity. Uh. I think that's what they're going to... Assassin's Creed looking at what every one or two... Or it's three years, right? I think that's what the, they said was in three years is what they were hoping to get it off on. Yeah. Um, they said this may change. Uh, they don't know yet. It's just kind of something they're looking into right now. Uh, and then they went on to say that a lot of... There's some shufflement in their employees there. A lot of them were... Had some sexual misconduct allegations, but apparently a lot of those people were... St- still there in some capacity uh, making this game. So they were, I think they were, they were reviewed by third party and then whatever, some of them were exonerated and whatever disciplinary actions they said they had, they were appropriate and underwent it. But I, I guess they're still technically working there. So, right. But yeah, outside of that, it's just a series of Assassin's Creed's just moving to um, live base. That's all it is. So, so like cool. uh, Ghost Recon or. As Brand pointed out, they flagship titles. They put Fortnite and GTA Online as their the games that they're shooting for. So, <laughs> yeah, they're basically just the way you think of a typical Assassin's Creed is probably not how it's going to be anymore. They're just more typical live service deals. I always prefer the story based Assassin's Creed games. Um, the way that the recent ones have been moving, they've been moving more towards gameplay. And some people just like that gameplay. And I guess they're just going to carry that gameplay into however this live series is going to be. Into the so, service thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what they're shooting for. And they're just hoping people will come with it. So, I mean, to be honest, they haven't effectively told a a good overall arching story. And Assassin's Creed has turned more and more into like a call of duty-esque where it does like whatever their campaign is for that year and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's eh, and sometimes it's bad so i've watched you i've watched you fall off over the years and not be as interested in it as you were as they as they went in that direction i haven't played the last two at all even though a lot of people praise valhalla um it's the best they've done of the recent ones but i i i enjoyed origins for what it was but i enjoyed more of the story but Odyssey story didn't would start out too slow and it didn't pull me in, but then most people would argue that they play Odyssey for the gameplay. So I don't know, whatever. I still got um 
still got the Ezio trilogy, so I can yeah. pop that ever That's, so often. Yeah, so. I was about to say, those are probably my favorite of the story. So And, and luckily, those are available almost on everything. So. Mm-hmm. I always go back to this when there's some major change where something like this is talked about, like, those are still out there. And, and if they're, you know, the three of us are a different use case because we're going to have those games. We're going to have the platforms to play them on. But, you know, if if they're not playable on something new, then that's when it becomes an issue. Or if they're not obtainable on, I know they're on Steam, I know they're on, um, do we get those on PlayStation 4? Do they come as a remaster? And they're on yeah. the Xbox One. And Xbox as well, mm-hmm. that's right. I think the only one we missed out on is Switch, because I think they only got that Rebel trilogy and they got everything but the Ezio one for whatever reason. But I wouldn't be surprised that's if that strange. eventually comes out later down the yeah. road. So. There it is, Ezio collection, PS4. Is it sealed, Brant? Open it up, you coward, play it. <laughs> <laughs> minus two minus sealed yeah um next up your games that are coming to game pass and playstation now the game pass games are kind of weak i would admit uh this comes from the xbox wire and megan spur let me reload my link it's not there because all i see is blood roots farming simulator 19 ufc4 and more scroll down I thought uh, I fixed. I thought. I'm sorry. I thought I fixed this link, nope. and then somehow it got back to the original. There we go. So, Much better. On cloud, you're going to get the medium. Also on cloud, you're going to get Dragon Quest Builders two. On console, you're going to get UFC four, and then there's Blood Roots for all, Tropico six for all, and Farming Simulator nineteen for all. Um, there's some dates attached to that. I don't think we have to get that far in the weeds. Uh, kind of upset about the medium because that was like the de facto yeah. <laughs> Series X launch, Series XS launch title that but has uh, now come to everything. So that, but at least at least now you can continue your Tropico playthroughs up from all those uh, games will go from the Tropicals previous ones. So. That's it. I've been carrying yep. my character over for uh, like 700 hours, maybe. Like uh, I've taken over 12 island nations at this point with uh, whatever Castro. that's supposed to be. Fidel Castro, whatever. <laughs> first, like, a... uh, all my islands are still driving cars from the fifties and keeping them up and maintained. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's tropical in a nutshell to me. It's probably way deeper than that, but it looks like a, it's like a reject like a, Castro in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a dictator simulator. <laughs> yeah. Um, a Plague Tale Innocence is getting its update this next. Uh, it I know should it's available be out now. now. Yeah, available now. Yeah. Astroneer update, Black Desert, Destiny 2. There's some Destiny 2 event coming up, but I'm really not interested in that. Uh, Doom Eternal Series X and S update is available now. Gears 5 Operation 7 is available. Greedfall Series X and S update is available. Rainbow Six uh, Siege Year 6 Season 2 Northstar, of course. Zombie Army 4 DLC is available now. And Fallout 76 Steel Rain update is July 7th. So the day we are recording this. Um, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you also get a quick, a first look, I guess it is, with Space Jam, A New Legacy, the game. Play it first with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And I think that's it, right? Uh, down at the very bottom, your game's leaving, um, will be July 14th. Uh, these are via, via EA Play. Which is uh, weird. This is just weird, but go ahead. The, like, why uh, is this leaving EA Play? UFC and UFC 2 uh, console sure. versions. Get those in while you can. 
and then July 15th, uh, the first two are PC-only titles, uh, Endless Space 2 and Downwell. And then CrossCode is leaving as well, and that is for cloud, console, and PC. I think CrossCode is the biggest one out of those Yeah, that's leaving. I wonder how that arrangement works, you know? I guess it's going to be you agree for it to be on the service for so long, kind of like Netflix. All right. I introduced the kids to Hook today, the Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> Robin Williams classic. And bad it form. said... Bad form. <laughs> Bad form, Peter Pan. And then at the end, he's like, good form. Finish me with dignity. You've taken my dignity. Give me my hair. <laughs> and uh, it said, as we're watching it, it says leaving Netflix July 31st, I think it was, for Hook. So I was like, how is this? I guess they just, they rotate. It's a it's a built-in FOMO or like a built-in, you know, can't can't miss this while it's in there, so... So to, to clarify, I clicked on the link at the bottom. So it says it right there. Those those EA Play games are about to be delisted. That's why. So they're gone forever. Ah. So and I click on the on the link for what a delisted means, and it's a playlist removal. And these are all games that are no longer in service. That's why it's being removed. I can think of two other games that are also affected by this. <laughs> <laughs> just these two so what, what's, cra- two. what's crazy i'm going down this list and it's like all sports games outside of the ufc ones that are coming out soon that's what yeah, you that can consider right. as a sports game as well uh the glaring one is a uh, need for speed hot pursuit on steam which will be removed august 20th 2021 and then um the, one, pursuit? the ps1 one it just says need for speed hot pursuit will be removed from Steam, Steam only. So Is that the newest? Is that the one they remaster? I think they're so. T- they're taking away the original? Wow. They're taking away from Steam, yeah. Wow. Uh, and then um, Shadows of the Damned was delisted February 16, 2021. It's gone? Uh, it's no longer available on Xbox One or Xbox Series X or S, according to the delisting site. What's the reason for that? Don't know. Does the physical disc still work? You should, yeah. All hail physical copies. Even though Xbox has weird DRM with their stuff. Yeah. You can at least still pop that in. Damn. But that should answer your uh, EA Play removals. Thank you, Cesar. So it's the weird sports games for some reason being delisted. That's why they're going down. At least it's not like, you know, Dead Space or Mass Effect or Need for Speed or something. Yeah, I think they're only. Well, I don't know why they removed Shadow of the Dam, but everything else seems to. Uh, looks like the the reason they gave that playlist is most of that stuff is just multiplayer. Is why they're delisting it. So, Shadows of the Damned is interesting. We need to watch that one. And that's but been could, since February. Yeah, but I think it could just because that they used pu- originally that game was published through EA's third party when they were doing all that EA publishing back in PS3 in um, 360 yeah. days when they're doing yeah. it as a third party for certain games. And it's probably because those rights reverted back to uh, Suda 51 and Grasshopper Manufacturing. That's probably why. Because that's, so that's, that's their game. EA doesn't own that game. so. Gotcha. So all right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm assuming that Suda got the rights back. And you know he's been trying to get the rights back to all his games so he can re-release a lot of them. So, so maybe that's a good sign that leaving that... Leaving that side of preservation and possibly going to another one, right? Maybe a yeah. remaster of sorts or a re-release digitally. Still waiting on Killer 7, man. They only got it on PC. 
GameCube. Oh, I remember we had that. What well, we had that in my store on GameCube for years and years and years, and I wasn't interested in it whatsoever. And now it's so hard to find. You get the PC one super cheap, it's like seven ninety nine or something like that. So yeah, that's a route. I may actually own that. I may have given up one day and been like, sure, I'll get that one. I, surprised you don't have it. I got on. I got Killer Seven. Oh, on GameCube. Mm-hmm. I haven't been hunting it recently. I, I missed a couple for like. 30 40 bucks maybe a year ago but i know gamecube stuff has just gone insane so i'm just i don't but even I, look. I, I bought that like used on our rhino runs so rhino runs hell i might have it don't even know it i know i don't have the case for it uh that's it no we got playstation now titles these are some heavy hitters y'all ready yep it's only one that's important it's only one that counts uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Nope. The one I'm talking about has a, a Witcher. Neo 2. Nope. Moving, Moving out. out. No. God of War. Sure. No. Judgment. No, that's actually a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, NASCAR Heat 5. Uh, I don't know who's on the cover. Who's that guy? Uh, looks like Jeff Gordon. It's not. Um, you sure? It can't be Olympic Games, the f- official video game, Tokyo 2020. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> starring the witcher starring the witcher it's starring uh, Geralt so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the last time I've been playing couch co-op playing a video game and someone says something and I'm just like <laughs> laid over in the floor I can't even move <laughs> witcher time I still remember it <laughs> he didn't even know he said uh, it I'm still I'm like <laughs> 2 in the morning I was tired I was like what happened I don't even know what happened. <laughs> Brand, have you ever seen the clip? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, Witcher Time will live forever. <laughs> and we still haven't had the official Olympics from the game <laughs> that we played like a year and a half ago. Oh. Uh, we, yeah, we played pre-pandemic, so <laughs> <No>. 2019. <laughs> when, when did I get it? Like December yeah. or something like that? Because I ordered from Amazon Japan like right when it came out. I bought that Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games when there was only one Switch model, I think. That was it. You only played on one I, Switch. Now I there's like, like four. I can I can go into my Amazon account in Japan and, find, and tell you when I got it. Because you imported that, right? Yeah. I ordered this is Japan. a good-ass game. If you are looking for a good game with mini games, that's better than Mario Party. Get the Olympic Games, the official video game, Tokyo 2020. That yeah, get, is a guaranteed good time. You gotta be careful. You're gonna anger a um, friend of the show. You talk bad about Mario Party like that. That is okay. That friend of the show has not appeared on the show in <laughs> over two years. We are officially okay with dissing Mario Party. <laughs> in in lieu of Olympic Games, the official video game Tokyo 2020, which includes such titles as baseball, uh, basketball. Is that basketball? Rugby, tennis. <laughs> tennis is where the Witcher time comes from. And it's a good game of tennis built in there. Uh, boxing, there's various swimming events and BMX racing, amongst many more. Uh, track and field was actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> as me playing as the Witcher tried to run down Cesar, who was in the game. <laughs> I'm in the game. I'm in the game. <laughs> yeah. I received my copy July 9th, 2019. Almost oh, wow. two years ago. How is it a year ahead of release? Is that is that right? 
I'm re- I'm looking at it. it. Was shipped to me. We July played 9th. it that long ago. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Look at the two years that have passed. How many updates have come to the game since then? Were they going to add some more events? Yeah, like if I pop in my Japanese copies, it's gonna it's like a huge ridiculous update. But if you get the American ones, those are complete. So, or oh. the Western ones actually. So they're all on disc. Might have to get one of those. That's a good game. Is it online? Can we play online? Yeah, yeah, we can play now. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I yeah. might have to get this game. It's couch co-op and online. Yeah, remember because we played people in Japan. Remember, and we didn't That's know what right. was going on. It's like That's we right. was like the mic on, and we didn't know if we were talking shit about them. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was that same night too. Because you're, you're over there joking like they're probably gonna like these motherfuckers here. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna destroy us. <laughs> Oh, so we skipped over the major news, except for uh, <laughs> Olympic Games. The official video game, Tokyo 2020, is coming to uh, PlayStation. I'll officially, I'll officially get some masking tape and put a one on there and just put it on there, like the slash through, and then just put 2021. You'll have the definitive version, the actual yeah, year. The official one. But it's going to be masking tape with one on there. And then <laughs> so there's, those are some huge, huge titles there. Red Dead Redemption 2, Neo 2, Moving Out. God of War, Don't Judgment. The Red Dead Redemption 2 is download only. No streaming yeah. on that one. Oh, you can't stream that one. It's too big, huh? Uh, it could be something to do with their Stadia deal. I don't know. Red Dead Redemption 2 is available on PlayStation Now until November 1st, 2021, exclusively via PS4, PS5 download. That is an important note. Thank you for pointing that out. And uh, NASCAR Heat 5 starring Jeff, uh, who I assume is Jeff Gordon in that Napa hat. Actually, I, I take that back. I guess if they're streaming, most likely they'll. I mean, they can stream on console, but I guess the people that be affected be PC. Most of those people stream on PC for PS now, so I guess they will prefer somebody to buy the PC copy at that point. Ah, that's what that litigation's in there for. Maybe. Possible. What was what was your dig at? I missed it. I'm sorry. Ah, it's Jeff Gordon. I don't know race car drivers, so I, I just pulled out I, Jeff Gordon. I. I tried, everyone. I tried. I, I I apologize to our many, many fans who are race car fans. <laughs> I, I tried. I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. I just made it up front. I was like, I don't know who this is. Brant, are you going to fill in our NASCAR coverage? Are you our NASCAR correspondent? Uh, no interest. Have, <laughs> no have either of you ever been to a NASCAR race? I've never I been. Actually, I actually have been to one. This guy in front of me was uh, completely intoxicated and insisted on every single lap. You know, I mean, you've seen how big the track is, right? And how fast they're going. Uh, this gentleman insisted on standing up for every lap as the cars came by and pointing them in the correct direction and letting them know which way they needed to drive. Always turn left. Yep, that's the extent of my NASCAR. Uh, now that I'm looking at the cover, it is Chase Elliott. There we go. Did you have to research that or did you know that person by sight? Uh, that's Google, sir. Oh, you're not our NASCAR, NASCAR <laughs> correspondent. Or did you just become our NASCAR correspondent by Googling uh, it? Oh, no. Well, yeah, took, there's NASCAR, there's NASCAR on the uh, Animal Crossing Island now. <laughs> <laughs> I've you introduced the animals to Animal NASCAR. Crossing and NASCAR update is Brand McKee. Uh, the furthest I would get was I would buy a NASCAR bed and then race car bed and then sleep in that. That's as far as I'll get. Like it's now? Nook 500. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll put one in here. Let's go. Brent, your chair says racer, so you're closer yeah. than the rest of us. <laughs> I've I've been to several NASCAR races, so as an event or to experience the thrill of the speed the race, 
the need for speed. The need, the need for speed, sir. You did better than me. The closest I've been to a NASCAR race ever, it would be my copies of NASCAR 99 on PlayStation 1 and uh, Days of Thunder, my 4K Blu-ray copy. So that's that's as far <laughs> as I got. I think my dad owned every NASCAR <laughs> game there was from NASCAR, what was it, 96 through like 2003 or something. I'm trying to see if I see my copy of NASCAR 99 now in the open. So, so that doesn't count. No, <laughs> what you said counts. <laughs> Days of Thunder is a good-ass movie. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> What did the 4K treatment add to the experience? <laughs> Please don't make Left turns in 4K? 4K are you yeah. kidding me? Boost mode, HDR. Get to see John C. Riley in 4K. Oh. Now it just needs to be on an OLED. Cesar fucking broke me. <laughs> <laughs> Days of Thunder 4K and NASCAR 99 OPS <laughs> 1. <laughs> That's it. We're all going. We're all going to the NASCAR race. Featuring <laughs> Dante from... Double May Cry. <laughs> I'm reliving my childhood in the 90s. Okay, so the one, the one I went to, besides the drunk dude telling the drivers which direction to drive in, there was tons of giveaways like outside the outside the race. Like you had tons of promotions and free drinks and all kinds of stuff that you could like bags and swag and all kinds of things. It might be worth going to, to see an experience. <laughs> so that's let's go. I'm gonna take you to your first NASCAR race. Tom Cruise gonna be there? Is he part of the uh, race? He might not be in 4K. Sure. Is he gonna bring Siri? That's, that's the question. That's all I know. It's just him arguing with uh, Nicole Kidman. That's all I'm looking for when I go to a NASCAR race. So uh, they've been doing it for 40 years. <laughs> Why stop now? <laughs> Keep arguing with Nicole Kidman. I'll, I'll be that one guy pissing people off. I was like, where's where's Tom Cruise? <laughs> this is not the way I remember it. <laughs> 4K Blu-ray told me this would play out otherwise. All right, is that all of our news? <laughs> That's all the news. Yeah. Games played, let's go. I played the uh, platform trifecta. So if I played a Nintendo platform, what game did I play? A Mario game? A Mario game. Uh, my oldest child and I took advantage of the holiday weekend, and she was obviously off school, I was off work, and we fired up. I was not in the mood for Cap Mario, uh it can be a little chaotic when we play and there was only two of us wanting to play so i was like hey we need to wait for your mom and your other sibling and then we can play from there and we settled on uh new super mario brothers u deluxe the 2d version with the squirrel suit um we made it through the first world somehow uh we died in the castle multiple times but it was more it wasn't really our skill level. It was more of like, okay, let's get all the coins. Or we jumped through the red ring. Now we need to get the red, the eight red coins that pop up after that. That's what killed us, really. Like, if we were just trying to play and just go from left to right, we probably would have been fine. But we ended up having a really good time. We're both playing with pro controllers that Cesar has now informed me I need to cover up so they don't get dust in them. And that's his personal, you know, yeah. Brant, Brant's the other man. He's never had an issue with it. And he's throwing his through a <laughs> landfill. So he's throwing his through a landfill. He had a, he had the system split up amongst like four pockets. He had yeah. a switch. He had yeah. the stylus. Sometimes, he had some he's, sometimes he's over there I'll clean it. He's just skipping in sand with them. He's like yeah. skipping rocks. 
Sometimes I'll clean out in. I'll clean out the lint trap from the dryer and just like mm-hmm. rub it all over the the controller. Yeah. Sometimes you have to jack up your car and and change a tire and you need that little extra like yeah. It's like three quarters of an inch or so, and yeah, just you just shove your shove switch that in there. thing under there, yeah. yeah, or stack the Joy Cons, and then the drift might come from that. All right, so I played. Let's skip to PlayStation. I played a PlayStation title. What did I play? What's the tent pole for PlayStation? Croc. It is Croc. Uh, Brand, I didn't say Gex. Sega Saturn. I didn't say Gex. Sega Saturn. Gex. Enter the Gecko. I didn't say 3DO. Uh, Battle Arena Toshinen. Saturn also. Klonoa. Uh, we. Keep going, Silent guys. Hill, uh, Silent Hill 1. This is fun. Uh, that's actually pretty close. <laughs> I wasn't Down playing on PlayStation Down 1. I was playing Down on PlayStation Crisis 5. One. Neither one of those is playable on PlayStation 5. Um, <laughs> Ratchet and Clank. There we go. We have a winner. Uh, I progressed a little bit further, not a whole lot to talk about, but I got the hover boots. So there's like a there's a mechanic where you like fire up these boots and and get this uh, speed and the level variety has changed again, which this game, uh, this game is always something fresh. There's never there's never like level after level after level. That's just, you know, like a wash, rinse, repeat type thing. It's always a variety. It's always something new. There's some new mechanic. I, I talked last week about being in that arena, and I'm usually not down for arena-type things or like a horde-type deal, and it was a blast. And I actually went back and played more of that. But um, this this level has you... It's almost like an open-world bit where you have these three um, temples, I think they're called, that you have to take out in order to progress the story. And I did one of them, and I'm working my way to the second one now but it's kind of a the world opens up you've been in these you've been in these linear defined type areas um maybe the part with the morts that that planet was a little bit more openish but you still had some story bits that you were trying to do but this definitely drives the story to these particular temples so the first one uh (laughs) that guy gary that i talked about a couple weeks ago the really (laughs) zen like lizard dude there's -hmm. a bunch of those here so there's a bunch of those monks that look like gary and actually gary's in this universe so it's just that game continues to climb my list it's probably gonna be game of the year maybe go ahead and mark that down but i'm having so much fun with that game and i'm savoring like every level and all that stuff that that comes along so that's i'm about to say is in a little bit early for uh, game of the year, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be heavy hitters in the fall, but this this I, is special. I'm I'm an old school gamer, so it scratches that like PS2, PS3 platformer itch. It has new features of this generation, and it just looks and plays perfectly. I feel like with this game, there has been no compromise on anything. You can't say this. The graphics aren't great. The story is subpar. The loading times are slow. There's really, I can't think of a knock on it. And in most games, you can have a knock or two, right? This one, and it may be length. I don't know, I, I, but I'm savoring it. So, but go ahead, Cesar. Huh? No, I mean, I'm, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> it's too it's, early. It's July 7th. I'm, I'm just laughing because there's a whole, uh, there's a whole bit on Psych where they were like, uh, you, you guys are out here solving the crime of the century. It's like, we're only eight years into the 2000s, so I think I'm going to wait before I call it the crime of the century. we got another 90 years to go, buddy. 
<laughs> this is the game of the century. It's 2021. This is the game of the century. Yeah. I'm calling it. <laughs> ignore those, it's not uh, that those, high. Ignore those other 79 years coming. Yeah. It's not that high, but this is this is the reason we play video games, I feel like. This is a... Uh, this is not just like if you have a PS5, you need to have you need to own this, but you need to own a PS5 to play this. I had a friend of the show, Russell, over here, what, last weekend or like a week and a half ago? And he just played the intro and was panning around and looking and kind of played the the right past the ceremony and the parade and all that kind of stuff. And he said he's been thinking about playing more of it since he left. And he doesn't have a PS5 yet, so that'll tell you the impact. And he has no ratchet and clink attachment. Like, I've tried just about all of them. And he has no attachment to the series whatsoever. And he was like, man, that game was good as hell. I want to play some more of that. <laughs> All right, so that's my PlayStation franchise. What is my Xbox franchise? Halo. Played some Halo. Oh, Iron Phoenix. <laughs> uh, could be that. Could be Fable. Let's talk Fable. Cesar, <laughs> prepare yourself for two o- hours oh, of Fable it? talk. Otogi. Otogi. <laughs> Otogi 2. <laughs> Is that, that a game from software game? Is that a from software game? It is. By the way, it got expensive as shit. That second one, especially. I don't have that one. It's expensive. Let's keep talking. Oh man, I have I have both. Man, what happened? Uh, hold on to them. They're expensive. Yeah, uh, from software, and everybody's like, oh, from software. Oh, Elden Ring. Right, they're trying to go back and get. <laughs> yeah, that might be what it is. It might be that effect. You never know. They're trying to go back and get those same games, right? It's like For a, the. The makers of those games, their previous catalog. I'm still sad that Elden Ring is not a sequel to uh, Eternal Ring. <laughs> <laughs> it is a sequel to Lord of the Rings, though, it seems like. We uh, had an episode title called Update on Tolkien Ring. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played a little Halo. That was a good, a good guess, an educated guess, as it were, by uh, friends and listeners of the show, including Brant. And Newsmaster Brant. You haven't been downgraded yet. I <laughs> uh, played some Halo. There's nothing to add there. But I did put significant amount of time into um, Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance on the Xbox via Xbox Game Pass. Uh, first off, what have you guys heard about this game? What is your what is your temperature check on this game that you've heard or read or seen or anything like that? Just out of curiosity. Uh. And that's Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance for the Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. I fired it up on the the cloud and played a little bit on that. So yeah, in my web browser. Okay, how far did you get into it? In a centralized location on outside line. Okay, I get that. (laughs) Basically, Alcatraz. Uh, Brant, do you have any? Have you gotten any sort of like temperature check or reviews or anything? We should stop and talk about our favorite Alcatraz movies. I'll start first, The Rock. Uh, I'll finish this second. conversation. The Rock. Go ahead, Brent. <laughs> Brent rock. seconded it. Alcatraz. I didn't even finish it. Brent seconded it. favorite Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood? The Birdman of Alcatraz? No. Um, I've I've heard a few things about it, and, I mean, it's... It, from what I hear, it's, it's a pretty good game. Um, I... Still don't know if I want if it's one of those that I'm gonna pick up eventually or play eventually, but it. Have a Series X. We have to get you on Game Pass. We have to get you. We on have game. to. What I've is gotta, it gonna take? Uh, well, hold on. It's let's see. One month free, free trial right here. So. Do you have a current gold subscription? Yes. 
You do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you activate Game Pass Ultimate, it will turn all your existing gold stuff into Ultimate Months. Okay. So if you are good for gold for like two years out and you do the $1 thing, it will turn all those into Ultimate. Okay. If that's what you end up wanting to do. So you're not going to sacrifice those gold months. And this is this is the perfect Game Pass game in more ways than one. It is a good game, as you've heard. It is not a Dark Alliance game. This is not a sequel to the PS2, Xbox, GameCube series that we all played and loved. And that I played, what, earlier this year? Last year? Um, it is not one of those. It is a lot more um, methodical. It is less action-based. Uh, Russell and I were playing this together and he picked a dwarf character that's more of like a tank, you know, go in there, hack and slash with an axe, that kind of thing. And I, Did you say that in there at some point? He didn't. It didn't sound like that. <laughs> that that's Lord of the Rings. That's the previous conversation. <laughs> that, was, that was from Elden Ring. That's an Elden Ring quote, says right, via George R. R. Martin. Yeah. But, uh... So I was a, I'm an elf, so I'm like a ranger bow type person. I have very weak physical attack, that kind of thing. Totally opposite of him. And it took us a while to master. They don't really tell you the buttons or what does what. So it takes a while to figure out. Uh, your specials are, are both mapped to the Y key, which is funky. Uh, y key, why did I say that? Y button. So if you tap Y you will put down a health thing that everybody who's in your party, and it was just the two of us, everybody's in your party that can join in that little umbrella and heal, or you hold down Y and it throws out spikes, and that will... Um, so sorry, you muted yourself. He's fixing something. And that will like entangle the boss or whoever it is that you're trying to fight. It will keep them kind of in a local spot. And we had to figure out, like, I was tapping, I was trying to shoot the bow, right, and I'm just tapping R... And I didn't realize that if you held back R, the trigger button, she drew back the bow, and that made that attack way more potent than what I was trying to do. So the first couple enemies we went up against, and he put the difficulty on normal, and the first couple enemies we went up against, it was just like, okay, uh, how are you supposed to play this game? What is this game exactly? Because we like the lore. The cutscenes are really well done. Uh, the graphics are beautiful. There's some weird, there's some weird jank, like when your character... If you're going down some stairs, it's still almost like N64 era where you can turn your character to where their 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 motion looks like they're going down the stairs, but you can stop them and they're not hovering on they're not on anything. They're just like hovering <laughs> over the top of the stairs. And then oh, this is the best glitch. I need to post this so that everybody can see it. We got to a point where when we died, after we respawned, it took about 20 seconds to load our assets in. So for me, playing, I'm running around in first person, just like when me and Cesar broke Gears 5. So this is a third-person action game, and I'm just running around in first person like, what's happening? <laughs> and then I find Russell, and he's a dwarf, and he's only a pair of shorts. He's just a pair of shorts <laughs> running, running around for like 20 seconds. And he's like, he's trying to attack enemies and all this kind of stuff, and I just see these shorts like in these offensive postures, and then like, his dwarf can like roll out of the way and he's like backing up. It's just, oh man, it had some stupid bits <laughs> in it that had us rolling. But um, there's different tiers of enemies. You have these basic enemies and then you'll have some that are 
uh, it's very D and D esque. He he plays a lot of the actual Dungeons and Dragons, you know, with rolling the die and everything. He he does an online group, and he said the um, the battles can play out very similarly to that, where you have a bunch of different elemental type things. Like uh, there will be off to your left, there's like a sword that's on fire, and if you go close to it, you have a you have a heightened fire element. And then if you shoot things with ice for that, while that timer is going to run out, you have heightened um, damage on the ice enemies, things like that. So there's some really cool things. You cannot run through it. It's not an action RPG like the Dark Alliance console versions are. It's not that game. This I almost feel like this should have been called something else because it's really good and it's being compared unfairly to those. And I'm having a blast with it co-op, but I might be the worst person to ask because I'll play a garbage game co-op and have a really good time. Like that Olympics game might not be that good, but me and Cesar had a damn good time with it. But he he and I put two hours into it and we beat the first act. Uh, The last boss was very cheap because we got used to doing things a certain way where he would roll in as the tank and just destroy with that dwarf and I would hang back and shoot you know, shoot my arrows when I needed to and kind of build up our specials as they went. So I mentioned having the the two attributes on Y. So you have the health one and then you have the spikes. But then as you build up another meter, which takes way too long, this is not a cooldown akin to a special move and maybe like a MOBA or something. This only filled up three times in our two hours of play. So that's not frequently to unleash this special that and for my character, it was these arrows that even at that didn't do that much damage. So you're you're basically at the whim of that D&D rule set, it seems, where, you know, you'll get a critical if the elemental thing is way off or if you're behind them. Like there would be times when my character had no melee skills, but there would be times where Russell had like dazed a character and they would be sitting in the middle of the, of the playing area and I could get behind them and start kicking them. And I had no melee melee power whatsoever. And I was kicking them in the back with the same damage that my arrows were doing, my normal arrows that I was shooting in our normal tactics. So not, it, not um, for the knee or anything like that. What's that? Not an arrow for the knee. No arrows were in the knee. Uh, nobody was a soldier before they took an arrow in the knee. I was just like you. That's a good uh, Skyrim reference. I'm waiting for the Skyrim skins to come to Dark Alliance. Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. I think, uh, sad things, I still got five minutes total in Skyrim between all the versions I own. Oh, it's a good-ass game. You need to stop everything and play Skyrim as good as hell. I tried. I get to the part where I got to choose. I'm either a Jedi or a Sith, and then I was like, I don't know about this anymore. And then I was just like, all right. It's not the right game, sir. It's like, you're the good guys or the bad guys. Oh, the Imperials or the Red Cloaks? Whatever. I'm like running in the car. I'm like, I was like, Arr. I don't know what's happening. Just pick one. Who cares? It's your game. Uh, so we beat the first act of that, and that was, and that, well, that was the first bit of the map. And it seems like it's a huge game. I don't know how long this is. I haven't, like I said, I went in blind on this. I haven't read any temperature checks or reviews or anything or heard any impressions. And it seems like it's going to be pretty lengthy because that, that took us two hours to beat that first part. Uh, when you beat a boss, and this may be more Dark Souls-esque if somebody's played any of those and can reference this, but when you when you beat one of the mini-bosses or like one of the section bosses in the area, you get the option to either rest and heal and create a save point, or you get a loot bonus. 
So you can choose to get the better loot later on and forego that. But if you die, you're going to end up way the fuck back where you were. And we did that a couple of times. And then we fought some bosses. I was like, dude, we're not doing the loot bonus. I don't care what they're going to try to give us. We need to fucking stop here. And this needs to be our save point. So we would we would stop at that point because it would just it get to the point. If you die, everything respawns. And it's not it's not an action adventure game in the aspect of like you can just run past everything. Everything respawns. And if you run past stuff, you're going to get hit and you're going to get messed up. You're not going to get where you want to go in in perfect condition. But you also don't want to fight everybody every time. So there's some give and take as far as that goes. There's plenty of player options. Uh, we're finding there's unlockables everywhere. Like you can find the first, I don't know if it's going to be in every level, but the first one had us finding dwarven mugs. So we had to find eight of eight dwarven mugs and we didn't follow a guide or anything. We found those eight. So they were just hidden around like under bodies and, you know, uncharted style, like behind the cliffs and underneath a waterfall, that sort of thing. But there's a little bit of jank in there. It's definitely not, this isn't a triple a game. This is a double a game. Um, perfect for game pass. I'm, I would not have been upset if I spent forty dollars. I could say that as far as the if we were if we're going to do the value to video games thing, if I had spent forty dollars and played this uh, with my brother for a while, I would I would be happy with that. It wouldn't be, oh man, this is trash. And we've had we've all had those moments where you gamble and lose, and this isn't one of them. So uh, he's high on it. We finally figured out at the at the very end of that playthrough, we figured out how to level up our equipment and. <laughs> equip the new loot we found and all that kind of stuff because we hadn't seen how to do it beforehand so we were going through that whole first act with our original equipment and quiver and axe and bracers and everything so now that we've upgraded the equipment it's like okay we we might have a shot at this let's let's dive back in because i was getting ready to be like because as soon as we beat that first act we knew we had gotten all this loot we, we found it everywhere it's like okay let's let's go and equip it and you go to the shopkeeper and it feels like that should be the transaction and you're only leveling up the stuff you had. So I leveled up all that stuff. But then when you're in this main area where the shopkeeper's at, then you have suddenly have a menu to equip all the stuff. I'm like, I just leveled up all that stupid shit and spent all my cat, all my, you know, credits or things that you built up and diamonds and all that. I spilled, I spent it all on this janky shit that I'm not even going to use because I've already swapped it out with everything I found. Um, the, the equipment does reflect on the character. I think that's important. It's been a thing for me since like the RPG days. It seems like Final Fantasy seven did that when you got a new sword, you could literally see cloud holding that on the PS one game. That was always huge to me, but that's, um, that's the first two hours of dungeons and dragons, dark Alliance, which is very unlike the dark Alliance one and two. We all know and love from consoles, but still a very good experience. And that is my games played. Well done. Good variety there, right? For once. Yeah, not just Halo. Yeah, I played some Sea of Thieves. <laughs> Bridge crew. Bridge crew. And Bridge crew. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm only with four people on some sort of vessel. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's my genre. I play the intro to Final Fantasy IV, and then when we leave the Red Wings, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, mine's very uh, easy and quick. Uh, I forgot to mention last time I did the Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin demo. Oh. Uh, I played through it. I think I 
I beat the demo. It was like seven hours. Uh, that's the how demo long was seven hours. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Uh, it gives you a good feel of the game. So like I've already built up enough. Um, my party, I guess. Hopefully, I'll take with me because I know that the saves will transfer. So that game looks good. So everything I, I've seen from it. Outside of that, I mean, you get these uh, monsters, what you call monsties, um, in the game. Uh, you find these, you find eggs, you bring them back to the stables, and you hatch them, and you get different types of uh, monsties, as they call them. Um, there's different areas in the levels where you can either climb vines, uh, break rocks, charge at enemies. Um, there's different monsties that give you these different abilities that play out in the open field. Uh, at the, outside of that, um, going to the battle system, and I'll get to the story in a minute. Going to the battle system is like a rock, paper, scissors. Uh, they give you an option like between, fireball. um, yeah, basically you get speed, power, and technical, uh, speed beats power power beats technical and technical beats speed. Uh, if you do an attack, uh, your enemies will also have that scene from that little three triangle right there to choose from. If you do one that's that is weak against, so if you they choose power and you choose speed, you'll get a boosted attack. Um, if your monsty, which can join you for certain attacks, happens to do the same exact one as you, it's kind of like a double attack that happens at the same time, which does more damage. Um, what I've learned is it's turn based, uh, and it also you can increase the speed of the battle, so you can go up to three x, which uh, made it a lot more easier for me. One oh. uh, x is kind of because it, it, it does get a little grindy. So the 3X kind of helps your battles move a lot more faster pace and uh, get more attention to the story. Um, there was a couple times in there where I almost did not go through with this game at all because it it straight throws you in the story where like these riders are hosting these hunters on this island and they basically betray them and they go after a secret uh, monster on the island uh, and then they find out about it and you're you're kind of like a, a grandson of Red, which is kind of like a legendary rider. And you're like initiated into the riders and you go out and research and try to figure out what's happening. Uh, so majority of those seven hours is just a prologue on how to play the game is a lot of fucking shit. You have to go through like you go here, you got his attack, you'll find these caves and you get into these caves and you, these caves, you'll find random treasures. And in mm-hmm. there you find the egg and then you have to carry the egg out. And uh, there's a lot of uh, this is where it teaches the, the gameplay mechanics and you don't actually get to the actual story bit of the game because that's where it ends at the demo is basically where it, it sets off where what this game's going to be about story-wise is what how it ends the demo but a majority of it's like at that first five hours it's just tutorials it's just going through the battle system uh different types of monsters you can have uh they'll tell you like oh there's something happened this part of island so you got to go further inland and go over here and go do this and it's kind of like fetch question it's just dragging you along to show you the different aspects of play the game so like you can do different, like, what the off-field stuff you can do. You can jump across platforms and stuff like that. They kind of just show you as you go it through. It sounds there like a good demo. Yeah, like they it, showed it, you it everything. It shows a companion. I mean, basically, it gives you an idea of what this game's about, and it'll let you yeah. know if you like it or not. So you don't have to be that person who buys it and, like, ah, oh, I heard it was good, but it wasn't for me. Um, But I enjoyed it, man. And when I got to the end, I'm very interested in the story because at this point now, you end up meeting this uh, elf-like creature at the end of the game who knows your grandfather, and she looks like she has an age of day. She still looks like a teenager. And so she kind of tells a story like all all these... Uh, I forgot the name of the monster that's going through there, because I played it about a week ago. I forgot to mention it last week. I apologize. Uh, I forgot the name of the monster in there. Uh, they're, like, gathering about and attacking the world they're in. 
so now you have to leave the island and investigate. So like apparently you have this power that's similar to like your grandfather's and stuff like that. And it's a silent protagonist. So it's, it's you create the character any way you want. It can be male, female. You can just like any other Monster Hunter. You can edit it up and down or whatever way you want to look at it. But the protagonist is silent itself. It doesn't talk much. Uh, you end up uh, getting meeting a cat that's similar to like uh, Mewtwo that knows how to speak and it's. <laughs> But it's not like a evil cat, so it's like it's one of those ones. It's like it's got personality versus the other ones because the other ones can speak too. So it's like a they call it a unique one, and he has the ability to sniff eggs and tell you which one's like a rare monster or not. So um, there's a lot of stuff going for it. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, I, I think I got the collector's edition that just shipped today, so I should get it Friday. I think I got that one from GameStop before they. Uh, what does sold that come out. with? Uh, I think it comes with an amiibo and some DLC. Uh, I'm not sure what's part of the DLC. What what platform did you play the demo on? Uh, I played on Switch. I don't think they came out with a demo on Steam. Uh, okay. Somebody had made a comment earlier that they didn't even know it was coming on Steam. Uh, and somebody had replied in that comment that it was probably because it was money-hatted by Nintendo. And it's coming to Steam, but I think Nintendo paid for all the promotion for it. And that's why you see Switch everywhere. But Capcom didn't put and PC at the end of it. So. Right, right. So there's a lot of people didn't even know it was coming to PC. They were surprised when they searched Steam and was on there. But I don't think there was a demo on Steam yet. I could be wrong. I have to double check and see at some point. I think the demo was a Nintendo only thing, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I mean that's it. So I mean, they, I know the game comes out this weekend, and the reviews on it have been pretty, like you said, has been pretty good. They said it's about a 50 to 60 hour game. Uh, I tried playing the first one in the 3DS, and I just never could get into it. I think it's just that whole learning curve or whatever when you get in that game and it tells you the whole mechanics is like, even get past that you're fine i just there's some games i, I can't really do hand holding that much if it hand holds too too much for me and i'm like just let me yeah. fucking get in there and figure it out and fuck up yeah and then just reference it when i needed some hand holding like hey all this shit we showed you is in here and just skip it you want to skip it like this you're forced to it i'm like sitting there doing like the exact number of attacks i need me to do to initiate something i'm like oh my god i'm like I get it, you know. Just let me. Yeah, you. Let me, you don't want to be good. stuck in like a menu simulator thing. But it is what it is. It does get better once the story takes off. Uh, outside of that, um, the last thing you would ever expect me to play, and I don't know why this is even happening, but for whatever fucking reason, I looked at Dragon Quest Four on there, and I popped it in the <laughs> in the 3DS. Sure. And I got and I got 10 hours of Dragon Quest Four. There uh, you go. Yeah. Yeah. I got to the part where I got to as a. Um, it starts out when you play the hero in the very beginning, which I guess supposed to be the chosen hero as a prologue. And then it breaks off into these, uh, as Richard always says, these the Dragon Quest series does well as uh, vignettes. Vignettes. Where you, side stories are great. You meet uh, a new person in your party. So like the first one was Ragnar, and he's investigating these missing children uh, in the world. They're disappearing, and then you come to find out that these monsters are kidnapping children to find out to find the new hero. Uh, the, the theory was the hero was going to be a child and they were trying to find it. He's going to be that goes on after the Lord of the underworld, uh, which I guess is that ruler of that time and that world. Um, after all that, he, he goes on his quest to find the chosen hero. And then you go into um, the next bit, which is like a princess, which is a uh, very similar to like Russia. Uh, they all had that Russian accent. So you can tell like, they'll say like Niet and all that stuff on there. Um, which she's uh she's very interesting because she has no magic abilities at all and she's like trapped into her room and her father has forbid her from leaving. She wants her to act more like a princess. 
Uh, and then she basically busts down the wall in her, her room and escapes. And then she's basically wants to prove her strength. And you have these two random characters that are from the castle that Caesar does this and they join your party. Um, trying to find her name. For whatever reason, it escapes me. Uh, Alina. Uh, that's chapter two. And so as you go through it, uh, you, you end up going through these areas where like a fake princess gets kidnapped and you have to save it because, you know, she's the real one. And your father loses his voice and you have to get this like nectar honey from the elves and he drinks it so he can get his voice back. And he basically gives him permission to, that she can go about the land and and try to figure it out. And then you end up in this tourney where you call it. It's, the chapter's called Journey to the Tourney. So you get to the tournament and you play it on there. And <laughs> Cyro the Manslayer. It's like an ESPN to, subtitle. Basically. ESPN Ocho. Um, basically, Cyro the Manslayer was supposed to be the final villain of a fight and he never showed up he skipped out of the fight and then you go back to your original castle and then everybody in the castle is gone including her father's empty castle and so then they leave to go find out what's going on with that uh now i'm in chapter three where i play torino and that's where i stopped or torneco excuse me torneco uh, that's the uh shopkeeper guy right i think they call him taloon in japan but i think it's torneco it's a shopkeeper guy so literally that's where i stopped because i think the first hour is just me going to a weapon salesman and like hey you work off commission and i run the counter and I just sell them weapons all day. And I'm like, I can't do this. I do this for a living. <laughs> do it working yeah. on commission and sell. I don't want a retail simulator. At that point, I was like, all right, I'm taking a break from this game. So that's a, that was about 10 hours. So, I mean, at that point, it's, basically, I can see what's happening. You're slowly getting to know your people that are going to be in your party in the future before they meet up with this chosen hero. So, And, the, I mean, they're known as a slow burn. Is it good? I, I'm fine until I got to that point. I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm literally going, I'm going there, I'm selling weapons, I tell the guy I'm done for the day, I go back home, I go in bed, I wake up, and I go over and I sell weapons again. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? It's an endless cycle. I just Let want me this out of game. this hell. Uh, and I, I know it's going to be something like me, I just, one day I'm just like, fuck this shit, and just shoot birds and stuff like that, and just walk away, and that's probably what I got to do at some point. Done. So I'm like, but at that point, is it's where it, it initially lost me. Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'll keep fucking around and beat that game. We'll, we'll see what happens. It'd be the first Dragon Quest game I've ever beat in my life. I think I got... No, I beat Dragon Quest 1 on the... Dragon Warrior 1 on the Game Boy Color. I beat the Dragon Warrior game. Yeah. That was my phase where I bought Dragon everything. Warrior game. You never beat a Dragon Quest game. You never beat a Dragon Quest game. Is that a Dragon Quest game? It is a Dragon Quest game. Yeah, it is. Does Double yeah. Dragon count? That's a, oh, stop, Brant. Shut double your filthy d- Double Dragon Quest? Uh, <laughs> I can look and see if there's one. I looked the other day and I have Double Dragon for the PS4. <laughs> Fucking Double Dragon Quest. <laughs> but, um, How is that not like a Musou game? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, yeah, outside of that, I mean, I, I'm slowly going through Scarlet Nexus. I got to the second, the first chapter in the very beginning uh, where they kind of give me my own team and I got reunited with like an old childhood friend and she's like, a, her power is a pyromania. Pyromania. Uh, I don't I want to say power maniac, week, but that's so. a crazy person. But um, and then he's his is like telekinesis and we're going off to our mission. So at that point, I was like, oh, I'm done for the day because outside of that, I mean, I've been pretty busy this weekend. I had a lot of family coming from Florida. So oh, we cool. hang out with them all weekend. So majority. Oh, hell yeah. But yeah, that's what, what is, I did. What is that subtitle of Dragon Quest for? Eto... Chapters of the Chosen. Yeah. Sounds right. 
I think that's the one I'm missing from that DS trilogy. I don't think I have that one physically. I yeah, I don't know what happened, man. I just I literally just pulled it off the shelf. And I was like, eh, let me open it up and see if it's in there. And it was in there. I was like, eh, and I'm popping in the DS, and I was like, <laughs> I'll try it out. At least I'll get system settings further down my list. If I can get that out of the top five, that'll be worth it. So I'm like, <laughs> system settings. That's 20 hours. I and mean, if I put at least 40 hours in this game, it's system settings drops below five. If I can get it below 10, it'd be off in my top 10 list. So just beat the average. All you're trying to do is beat the average. I mean, there's no updates getting pushed to 3DS anymore, so there's no reason for me to go system settings. So the touchscreen just starts going all over the place. I'm like, I'll just live with it. I'm not going in there and recalibrating the screen. I said, I'm done with system settings. You know what got me away from 3DS? I mean, I, I know I'll dug back in for the library at some point. Uh, puzzle pieces. I got all the puzzle pieces. I was like, I have no reason to carry this thing around, try to walk around the mall, take it to concerts, anything like that. I got all the puzzle pieces. It's the most important thing. Are there new ones? No, they, they killed spot pass? Yeah. They killed it, man. I don't even go Bring in there and check back anymore. back the switch. I don't even know when the I went into the meat plot or whatever that whatever the hell they call it in there. Street pass spot pass was amazing. Hey, I, I love building the puzzles, man. They were fun. Remember how we go to the Zelda concert and get like fifty? You had to go in there and clear them out because it would just uh, build up after you get ten. Be so many people. <laughs> They're just waiting. All right, Cesar, is that all your games? Uh, absolutely. Go ahead, Brent. Tell us about um something. Uh, Prince of Persia Forgotten uh, Sands for the Wii. It's a double dragon game. Any any console. Any <laughs> console. Not double dragon. Uh, so I beat Crayola Metroid Street. Metroid Crayola Zero Street. Mission. <laughs> uh, Metroid Zero Mission is is um it's good that 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 it's a very good game. Because I told you when I had originally played it, I did something and got myself stuck. I was pretty sure I was stuck and I just restarted because I wasn't. I was like 25 minutes into it and I I just think I screwed myself and gotten gotten the wrong area. Um, So I was playing it uh, on the, the Game Boy Player off the GameCube and I had a really odd glitch. Um I was running from room to room trying to do the speed boost to do something else and get somewhere. And then all of a sudden I go from room to room and the game boots boots back out. It boots me to the um, title screen. And I'm like, what the hell is this? What? So it's I like go in. Darkness. Yeah. So so I, I hit start and there's my my save data. I click my save data and instead of loading it, it goes boop right back to the title screen. I oh, freak shit. out because at this point I'm like two up two plus hours in. Um, and I go, shit. I guess I'm I guess I'm just gonna have to restart it again again. Um. So I delete that save file which i really should have just started a new save file and uh just to see but i, mean, I delete that game's not that long right I, I no it's when i beat it, it wasn't that long at all it's not too too long it's but, not but two hours will still piss you off i mean i, I put i think the last time i played i played it on the, the wii u through the gamepad yeah and and by the way those all three of those castlevania games for the game boy advance are on the wii u so oh thanks for checking oh yeah, yeah. they're they're eight dollars each yeah they're still there. Uh, I might have bad. to jump on those. 24 bucks. That's not bad. It's a lot of game. 
Um, didn't mean to derail you. Sorry, Brent. Continue. But I deleted that save file thinking that maybe it was corrupt or something somehow. Uh, and then created a new save and hit start, and it kicked me back out to the title screen. And what I wound up having to do is just restart the GameCube. So I didn't even have to delete my save file. <laughs> so that was... Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it uses that disk, right? And that disk yeah. could have fucked up or something when it loaded in the... I don't know. The um, so it happened at least a couple more times. And I don't know. I took a, took apart the Game Boy player. It seems fine. Everything seems good. All the connections seem good. I took out that disc and looked at it. The disc looks pristine. Um, you only need that. Because I did this research when I... I got this weird thing about playing Four Swords Adventures. I want to load up a Wii with Four Swords Adventures on GameCube. And then instead of using... Game Boys with the Game Boy link cable, I want to use GameCubes with actual TVs and play it that way. I got mm-hmm. this weird thing. And I found out, because I have four Game Boy players, I don't have four discs. But you can boot off the disc each time. So you only need it for startup for that one time to boot that Game Boy player it, off It just disc. loads it on memory. The memory's like, it's like a little script. It it doesn't read the disc yeah. constantly. It just loads it up. It's enough to fit in the, in the memory of the, the GameCube. Yep. And then yeah. you can pop that disc out and move it to the next one and boot and keep going. Like, you know, this it's my weird use case, but I could keep going with that one disc and boot all four of those. So it probably is not the disc. If you got it to go, you probably are fine with the disc. It never well, got to that point. And that's and that's the thing is uh, once I took it apart and put everything back together, made sure everything was clean, popped it back together. It was it mm-hmm. was it was fine. It was working all right. But I mean, even before that, I started having a. Uh, uh, before I took it apart, I was still I was besides having it kick me out to the title screen, I would have it freeze uh, when I'd pause the game. Like it would just I'd, I'd hit pause and it wouldn't even go to go to pause. It would just freeze on whatever image. Is it the and is it the ROM you have? Maybe? That's the thing. I took out the um, uh, the flash card. I popped it into the uh, the DS light that I got here. Yeah. And just started playing it on that. Had no problems. Flawless. And it, I was I, I played it for you know, 30 minutes straight. I was like, OK, so and then I took apart the the like I said, took it apart, took a look at it, um, used some some duster, just double checking. Everything was fine. Um, but again, it was uh, Monday. I had it happen again where it booted back out to the. Um, to the title screen, and I, was, I, I don't know what the heck I. You running? I mean, running all this stuff off a memory card, SD card. Yes. Could be a corrupted SD card. Well, I mean, the SD card's fine because it's it works fine on the other hardware. Yeah, yeah you but rolled it, that it, out by moving I'm, it over. I'm just, I'm just letting you know this. this I is, this is onboard memory. Yeah. It's, it, it's prone prone to random crashes. And it may not crash at all. May crash sometimes. I mean, it's, I'm just telling you. At at some point, I am gonna boot up some just regular uh, Game Boy Advance games, Game Boy Color games, see how they do. Um, I mean, at some point, at this or at this point, the GameCube is 20 years old. Um, so I I hope Think it's, it's not with the cube. I don't know. I hope not. I've never had a problem out of it before. Did you clean um, them? 
Go ahead, Cesar. <laughs> have you tried? Uh, do you have a do you have a legit version of Zero Mission? No, no. That's why I said I'm just gonna throw a bunch of different Game Boy Advance games, I, Game Boy right, Color games. Between me and you, I would back up that card and put it on another card. So I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, it's it's fine yeah, I now. I, he beat I, it. So yeah. what happened? What you what did you rule out? I mean, no, I'm just saying. Even then, I mean, you have more games on that that memory card. Yeah. You have a backup of that memory card. Uh, yes. Yeah, and then you're fine then. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I've I played it, uh, and that's the thing is, I would I would I would pop it back in, and there would be I'd have no problems. Yeah. Um, for you know a couple hours, and then I'd turn it off, go do something else, come back, and play it, and it would give me that weird error where it would just boot out to the uh, title screen. But at, but at this point, you mean I'm I'm saving all the damn time, so it really wouldn't set me back much. Um, but yes, I finally beat Zero Mission. Um, damn, 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 that's a good game. It's a, it's a good ass game, man. Uh, and after after playing through it uh, and rewatching that Treehouse uh, event that they had showing off Dread. That um, that part that's right there toward the end where you're just zero suit Samus and you're running through uh, the mothership and you've got all the pirates chasing you and you can set off those alarms and they all come from every direction and they're chasing and shooting at you. That kind of looks like what they're doing with with the new Metroid Dread where those Emmy robots are like patrolling around and trying to catch you if they I mean, yeah. if you make a little sound, they start going towards you try and figure out what what was there and i fucked it, up and watched that treehouse feed over this past week that like 45 minute treehouse yeah. demo yeah i never should have done that i was kind of <laughs> so so in the trailer i was like it's a new metroid i'm down let's go and then i watched that and i was like i want to fucking play this game so bad i know uh, i can't wait i can't wait uh, are you going to super metroid after this uh i started super metroid uh a okay. little bit before the podcast there we go. What do you um, play on? I've just got it booted up on the uh, the Nintendo online service on the Switch. Good so way that way, yeah, that way when I'm um, trying to do some of those like off the wall jumps, if I don't quite make it or you know something, if I do something stupid, I have that option to just rewind a couple frames yep. as well. Absolutely. Um, and gosh, I feel like this one. I'm finding power-ups and stuff just left and right. Like, all just every time I go somewhere different, like, boom, power-up, boom, power-up, boom, power-up. So, um, I beat that first boss. Obviously, I mean, the, the, the pirates are back. They took that uh, one little Metroid's um, the larvae, the, the baby, baby that Metroid. I had saved. Yeah. Uh, and they've uh, taken it back. And I'm back on the same planet I was before in the original Metroid fighting the same damn pirates and monsters and stuff. I aliens I have before. I love how the intro has you going in where you exited at the first Metroid or zero mission and yeah. going past like the mother brain container and all that stuff. It just, yeah. it sets the atmosphere and everything. So, and I know, I know you're a big symphony of the night fan. And it just sets that atmosphere and that that 
it's atmosphere, but it's it's thicker than that. I'm trying yeah. to find a descriptor. It just sets that feeling. Just the complete that, like tone of the game. And, yeah. yeah, it it just it cements it so fast and so subtly, and it can it's not even you know it's not a boss encounter. It's not a it's not racing against the clock. It's not a a jump you had to make or anything like that. It's just going past an area that you've cleared. You know, at that point, it was what seven years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago at that point. And and just reliving that. Oh, man, she's having to go back there and she's doing this <laughs> and retracing those. And but it's it's yeah, the, the set, same. But now it's 16 bit. Yeah. So it just looks it it's looks, even yeah. more immersive. And that whole thing, I mean, it's like she was she's like, oh, yeah, I'm done with this. I've done all I need to. I'm gone. I'm going to find some other bounty. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're back, you yeah. know, and it that just when you think you're out they pull you back in kind of deal has any uh, other game done something like that where it puts you in that same that's a hell of a game design decision right off the rip you see that and that's the thing is going through the you know they're starting out you're like oh i, rem- I remember this yep. this looks familiar and then you start getting down it's like it looks familiar but everything's different the, this whole world has has changed so. They both they both have cafeteria areas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I options. see that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna Prince keep Star going. Bistro. Prince Star Bistro. I'm gonna keep going through that. Um, Damn, I want to play Super Metroid now. And then eventually I'll have to try and figure out what's going on with that GameCube player, or if it is just that SD card, like Cesar said, because I'll have to I'll have to run through Fusion as well, and that's the only way i can do that on unless i Wait, how expensive are these these game boy Advance games now oh oh they got very, crazy they got crazy over the past two weeks they they, they start at above just above a hundred bucks yep what about mine mine's complete in box with manual yep. both of those uh 200 plus yeah i was gonna say at least I kept 200. all my boxes for my gba games so mm-hmm. other than that uh They're i did get there. i did get one game in this week uh, it's a Japanese import uh, fighting game for the uh, Fam- Super Famicom Gundam Wing Endless <laughs> yeah. Duel. Dude, this I was game. Not expecting this? What the fuck? <laughs> Gundam Wing Endless Duel is yes. a phenomenal fighting game. Awesome. Uh, what is this? It is. It is probably one of my favorites, and it sucks that we never got it over here. I think um, I played the hacked ROM on the SNES 9X. Yeah. When I was in high school, when they uh, somebody hacked and put it in English. Yep. Get your Gundam fix. And the what thing is, like oh my gosh, it's. I mean, it's basically like. Gosh, it's almost like a Street Fighter gotcha. deal, but with oh. mechs. But the thing is, every mech has their every Gundam has their own like special moves. So like, um, uh, wing zero, it has this in the show. It can, it has like an airplane mode. So like the literal, it's the only one that can like kind of transform into this kind of like bird mode or airplane mode kind of deal. And that's one of the moves you can do is where you like turn into a, the airplane mode and like fly back and forth across the stage, like two or three passes where you pull out your big like laser cannon and just do this super move across the stage. Another 
I mean, another one um, is basically one Gundam that's just got an arsenal of all different types of guns and missiles. So like his, his super move, he just like opens up and like all these different guns and missiles fire off at once. It's, it's good. And it's, it's, it's a damn good fighting game. It's so good. And honestly, um, awesome. like Cesar said, you can find a, a translated ROM. I think I have a translated ROM download, uh, on my phone and on a hard drive somewhere. Um, but honestly, the, it, it it it's not heavy, intense uh, dialogue at all. Yeah. It's yeah, it's like when when whichever character wins, there's like whatever finishing text that they have after they win a match. But uh, that's it. So you could totally run through and it's literally the story mode is just you pick whichever one you want and you run through the gauntlet of every other character. And it yeah. ramps up the difficulty just like every other, you know, fighting game. So it's that same era of uh, 16-bit fighter where you have like a story mode. Is there any practice or? The only, the only uh, one we ever got was what Gundam Battle. Gundam Battle Assault, which oh, I also yeah. have for the PS1. There was a yeah. uh, Battle Assault One and Two. That's the only one we ever got. But yeah, there's there's a story. There's a versus. Um, I want to say there's. Oh my gosh. There was some other mode too, like a um, like a challenge mode or something as well. But it's a it's a damn good game. And that was what was the name of that Gundam Super Famicom game? Uh, Gundam Wing Endless Duel. Endless Duel. You can duel endlessly. I think it's a a play off there. Uh, the uh, movie um, that they did was Gundam Wing Endless Waltz. So, but that was, uh, that's <laughs> you dance, then you shoot guns at each other, <laughs> you dance and then you duel, <laughs> but that was my games played. I like that Metroid zero mission update. Are you Ooh, going straight into, so you're doing, you're doing super Metroid. You're not going to go straight into fusion. No, no, I, I I'm already, just, I'm already into super Metroid. Yeah. Man. You just played Samus. Returns. Already in it. You never beat super Metroid, right? Uh, no, I've I've played it. I've played up to certain points several yeah, times, but I've you, never. You, fish, you officially just beat the remakes, basically. That's all, right? Uh, yeah, one and two, I right? Beat, yeah, I yeah. beat the the remake of of one and two. Yeah, the yeah. modern the modern approachability friendly ones, <laughs> the beatable ones. <laughs> all right, is that it? We're good That's to go. It. You just got to go to three, and then if you haven't beat Fusion yet, you just got to go into Fusion. Yep. Oh, Fusion's a treat, man. Fusion's, Fusion's good. Fusion's mm. good as fuck. Fusion is my... Oh, am I going to say this? Yep, Fusion's my favorite 2D Metroid game. There it is. There you have it. The official into podcast proclamation. It is, and I played them all. The only one I've not officially beat is the Justin Bailey code on Metroid 1. <laughs> Which I think is the way a lot of people beat that one. Yeah, a lot of people did the special ROM now on the Switch Online, so. Oh, you can do that too, right? Shoot the, the fire missile at uh, Mother Brain and that's it. And get the <laughs> <Yeah>. ending. <laughs> shoot, shoot Mother Brain and see the ending. That's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got anything else to add? I think that's it. Really good show. Really good show. Great show. Better than average. Uh, average show. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us this week, and we'll try to beat the average and have a better show next week. Thank you.
Yeah, D's get degrees, man. Remember that. <laughs> Bye. Adios. See ya. <laughs>